Welcome to Off the Record. I'm your host, Marika Day, dietitian, nutritionist, recovering perfectionist, and founder of Fueled by Marika Day. Join me here each week as we delve into what it really means to be a healthy and happy human. You'll hear from conversations with experts in their fields to raw and real chats about aspects of health and life that we really don't hear enough about. You'll be left feeling inspired, educated, and empowered to be the best version of you. So sit back, relax, or head on out for your walk, and let's dive on in. Hey everyone, and happy hump day. We are back again with another episode. Today's episode, we are chatting all things meal replacement shakes. Now, obviously, a trigger warning for this episode, if you don't like talking about weight loss, if you don't like talking about meal replacement shakes or calories or anything like that, then this episode might not be the one for you. So meal replacement shakes are something that I get asked semi-frequently about on Instagram. Um, So I wanted to cover it off in a podcast episode because it's a little bit more complicated than just saying general rule, yes, they're great, no, they're bad. And I mean, that's everything, as you guys probably would know now listening to all of my podcast episodes. So I guess the benefit of having a podcast is that we can sort of chat through, I guess, the context of where they might be useful and where they might be incredibly detrimental. Um, And the other thing is I've got some feedback from you guys through Instagram as to your experiences with them. So I'm going to share some of those later on in this episode. To begin, though, uh, I just wanted to explain, I guess, a bit about what are meal replacement shakes. Um, The name sort of does allude to what they are. They are shakes that are intended to replace a meal. So rather than like a protein shake where, you know, you might be having it on top of a meal or you might be having it in between meals. The purpose of a meal replacement shake is specifically to replace a meal and usually done in the context of weight loss. So you might be going on a weight loss journey and, you know, if you're following along with one of these programs or if you've, you know, just bought shakes, you might be um, advised then to not eat and to consume the shakes as an alternative and that might be for one of your meals it might be for two of your meals or it might be for all of your meals depending on like the sort of level that you're doing uh within that program now again i just want to start this episode by saying i'm in no way endorsing meal replacement shakes and i'll give you my final opinion of them on the end Um, but i am just going to explain what they are to begin with So one of the ideas behind meal replacement shakes is that they are more nutritionally complete than say, for example, a protein powder. So they have added dietary fiber, they have added vitamins and minerals so that let's say, for example, you did replace three meals a day with them, you would at least be getting enough um, vitamins and minerals to keep you healthy and alive. So when we look to some of the key brands, like the industry leading brands, I guess, in this category, Uh, What you'll find from a nutrition perspective is that they range from about 200 calories per serve to about 300 calories per serve. Uh, And protein-wise usually range from somewhere between about 20 grams per serve up to about 30 grams per serve. So when we think about like, I guess, the amount of protein given the amount of calories, if we think about like a typical meal, they're probably on the higher protein side. Like if you're getting 30 grams of protein and only 200 calories, if you were thinking about a meal that you're eating, like, you know, steak and veggies and chips or whatever, that's a relatively high protein for calorie ratio. 
um, which is obviously what they're sort of using in their favor to help try and satiate you or keep you full whilst you're obviously not eating real food. One of the other things that most of these um, shakes will add into them is some form of dietary fiber, um, which is obviously really important if they are being used as a complete meal replacement, because otherwise you're not getting any fiber and your bowels will be cooked. Um, not to say that your bowels will not um, have issues with them due to other reasons as well, which I'll get into. Uh, but what tends to happen with these types of um, shakes is that they can be quite high in dietary fiber. So they can have up to 10 grams of dietary fiber per serve, which is fairly significant when you think about, again, the amount of dietary fiber given the size of the meal, the size of the shake, and the caloric density of that shake. Now, depending on what type of dietary fiber they have added into it, it may or may not wreak havoc on some people's guts. So if you are, for example, FODMAP sensitive, you may find that some of these shakes are a nightmare on your gut and you're racing to the toilet 24-7 whilst taking them. Um, also, some of them are quite high in lactose. So again, a FODMAP issue or if you've got lactose intolerance, um, you may find that you're running to the bathroom quite frequently. In terms of how affordable they are, they are quite low cost when you're comparing to, let's say, for example, a meal. Um, if we look at sort of the average price range of some of these shakes, we're looking somewhere between sort of $2 per serve for the lower end and up to sort of 4 or $5 per serve on the higher end, which if you then compare to something like a pre-made or ready-made meal, um, usually they're in the range of sort of 10 to $15 for similar calorie density uh, meals or if you're making from home you could probably make meals i mean in field we've got lots of meals that are five dollars and under um, per serve so you could make meals around the same price but i guess for the convenience factor they're not bad value for money if you are going down that track which again i'm going to get into whether that's actually a good idea in a minute do they work for weight loss this answer or the answer to this question is more complex than yes and no. Um, if I was to give a simple answer, then yes, they might work for weight loss, but at what expense and who for is probably the most important question to ask in this situation. And when I say at what expense, is it at the expense of your health? So as you guys will know that health is like the number one priority that I guess myself um, that I work towards and as a brand that I try and promote is health over weight. Now that's not to say that there's no association between health and weight. There is a small association there. Um, but what I really want to sort of tease out here is if you are going on something like this and it's adversely affecting your health, then I actually don't think that it's something that's worthwhile. Now, again, that's not to say that they may not be incredibly effective at short-term weight loss. And what I really want you guys to do is to listen to some of the experiences of some of the people who've submitted to me. And I'm going to share a really mixed range of experiences. Um, so not just negative, not just positive, so that you can sort of get the vast overview of what people are saying about these types of products. In short, though, if they are successful in helping you to lose weight, 
one of the re- the primary reasons, sorry, that they are effective in that is because they are putting you typically in quite a severe calorie deficit. So again, if we're thinking back to them being about 300 calories at maximum per meal or per serve, what we're looking at is if you're just having three of those a day, you're looking at about 900 calories a day, which is so little and not something that I would be advising for the average everyday person because it is so unsustainable and it is so like it's such a severe calorie deficit to be in that it makes it incredibly challenging then to be able to engage in life and be able to exercise and do other health promoting behaviors. So when it comes to, I guess, strategies, if somebody is looking to lose weight and when I say lose weight, typically what we're talking about is fat loss is what people are trying to do. Is it actually helping them to achieve that goal in a way that is supporting their health and well-being? And I would say most of the time the answer is no. There is an exception which I'm going to go into now. So the one exception and the only time that I as a dietitian have personally prescribed Uh, these like BLCDs or um, meal replacement diets is in preoperative for bariatric surgery. Now, for those that don't know bariatric surgery, bariatric surgery is when somebody is going into surgery to have some type of surgery for weight loss. So be it like a sleeve um, gastrectomy or a bypass, there's multiple different types of surgeries that one might go in for. So what happens before these people typically go into surgery is that they are prescribed a um, VLCD, so a very low calorie diet for a short period of time in the lead up to surgery. And this is what, as a dietitian, we are trained to do in the lead up to a um, bariatric surgery. And the reason for this is actually based in, I guess, health and safety. What the aim of this perioperative uh, weight loss phase is, is to ensure that we are reducing the size of the liver in the individual before they go into surgery. So being on a VLCD and um, typically quite a low carbohydrate diet is what we achieve with this kind of diet is that we are able to reduce the size of the liver on the patient before they go into surgery. And what this tends to do is to help make the surgery safer and easier to complete for the surgeon as the liver isn't enlarged when they go in to operate and they're not having sort of to move around your organs in order to perform their surgery. So yes, this is one of the contexts where, you know, it is, I guess, in the interests of health where it might be used um, and it can be used quite safely. But what I wanted to sort of emphasize here is that even when I was working in this space and even when I was prescribing these sorts of things, it wasn't simply just three shakes a day. It was calculating how many they needed in order to be, yes, in, I guess, a rapid like extreme weight loss phase for a short period of time before their surgery, but how can we maintain adequate protein and adequate nutrients in order to make sure that they are in a nutritionally like optimal place moving into surgery? Because these surgeries are quite drastic surgeries and obviously the um, implications post-operatively are quite severe. So we really want to make sure that they are in the best spot nutritionally going into surgery. So for example, depending on somebody's weight before surgery, if they were say 
you know, 180 kilos before surgery, they might've been having five or six or even seven OptiFast or, you know, whatever brand VLCJ, you know, that was recommended per day. So it wasn't just as simple as, you know, three a day, like the packet says. So that's me sort of saying that, yes, there is like a medically required often time and place to use something like a meal replacement shake. And the other thing I want to touch on, if somebody's using it uh, as a meal replacement shake for fat loss or weight loss, one of the other reasons why some people find it successful is because it requires a lot less um, discipline. I don't think is the right word, but like along those lines, because what happens is when you remove all decision-making from your life. So for example, if you are just living on shakes, you literally do not need to make a single food decision. Like if you've resigned to the fact that you're not going to eat anything and you're just going to do shakes for however many weeks you want to do them, then all decisions go out the window. You don't have to decide, Oh, well, what, what's a healthier option or, you know, how much of that should I have or anything like that. So that's one reason why some people do find them, I guess, useful or successful when it comes to short-term weight loss is because they no longer have to make any decisions relating to their food consumption. Now that doesn't mean that it's necessarily the healthiest option and the best for long-term sustainable health and well-being. So as you'll hear when I um, voice some of the responses that you guys have submitted is that one of the biggest complaints about these types of diets is that they are so unsustainable when it comes to the weight loss or the fat loss that's achieved from them. And the reason for this is because of exactly that, I guess, benefit that I just said before is that you don't learn how to eat and live in the real world. Like the real world, we are having to make decisions about our food choices. We are having to eat and live in the presence of food choices. And that's the reality of life. So unless, you know, this is something that you want to do for the rest of your life, which I feel really sad if that is, then as soon as you stop taking the shakes and as soon as you move back into you know choosing normal foods typically you haven't learnt any um, healthy behaviors or even you know education around how to eat and live in a healthy manner because all you've done is I guess thrown a band-aid onto a perceived problem and then expected that that will continue beyond the use of the VLCD. So what we find is that most people who have tried these sorts of um, shake diets in the past end up rebounding and regaining the same amount of weight that they lost or potentially more weight than they lost as well. So this is one of the reasons why I'm actually, (laughs) there's many reasons, but one of the reasons why I'm such a strong advocate against them when it comes to just general healthy living. Like, Like I said, the only context where I would use them is in the lead up to surgery to make that surgery safer to perform for the individual and improve their health outcomes in that surgery. One of the other reasons I'm not a big fan of them is the messaging and the marketing around them. And again, you guys know like my stance on so many of these sorts of like messages and I guess the whole fat phobia and really focusing on your weight as the key determinant of your health it's just not aligned with me and my message and some of like the guilt and shame sort of messages that these companies are sort of I guess pushing through their brands really doesn't sit well for me 
And to be perfectly honest, that's probably more the problem. So the messaging, the um, I guess the way that they expect them to be used is more the problem than the actual product themselves. So like a VLCD shake, I actually have no problem with the concept of having it as a shake. Like, you know, it's not like it's unhealthy. It's not like it's damaging to your, your health and well-being. Um, and again, some of the responses that I received from Instagram was that it's just a really convenient way to have, you know, a breakfast on the go when they're shift working or, you know, driving, you know, truck driving in the morning or whatever it is. It's, I, I, I so agree with that. And I think that's where they can be incredibly useful is if you are wanting to have something that is convenient, that is providing you with the nutrients that you might need albeit it's quite low calorie, but if you are consuming enough calories throughout your day or you're sort of meeting your needs throughout other meals in the day, then I think it's a perfectly fine option for somebody to be using as a one-off meal replacement, whether it be for one of their meals a day or you know, it's just sort of for those sporadic mornings where you feel like you just haven't got time to have lunch or breakfast or whatever it is. The final point I wanted to raise about them before I move into some of the responses that you guys submitted was the um, use of them for people who are trying to gain weight and bump up their caloric intake. So that was one of the things that I got a couple of responses saying is that people had been using them to um, have like either after a meal or with their meal in order to consume more calories in a healthy way. Um, to help them gain weight. And in particular, one of the sort of things that came up, one of the themes was in response to like recovery from an eating disorder. I was thinking about it and I think that there are actually better options for this than a VLCD um, shake. And the reason is that with these VLCD shakes, one of the purposes of them is to try and make you feel full from something that is lower in calories than a meal. So like I mentioned earlier, they do add in a lot of dietary fiber into them and that can sometimes sort of not swell in your stomach, but it can make you feel that sort of like satiated feeling in your stomach because of the dietary fiber in them. And I guess that's kind of the opposite of what you want to feel when you are recovering from an eating disorder. We want to try and get in as much calories as we can without making you feel too uncomfortably full. So my sort of alternative to that in the context of weight gain or um, yeah, yeah, in terms of like recovery or weight gain, depending on what your goals are, is you'd almost be better off, I think, in this state to use like a, just a normal protein powder. So whether it be like a whey protein powder or a um, vegan protein powder and then making a high calorie meal from that. And then getting your vitamins and minerals from other sources. So from your meals that you're having throughout the day or supplementing with a, an actual vitamin um, and mineral supplement if that's what you need. And the reason for this is because then it won't make you feel as full and potentially it's going to be more delicious than what you're having with the VLCD anyway, because they're not the best tasting things. So for example, my suggestion would be to like make a smoothie that's got a protein powder, that's got full cream milk, that's got ice cream, that's got bananas, dates, you know, add in as much carbohydrates, proteins, and fats with things like peanut butter, even avocados can go in smoothies. Add in your calories from more real foods if you are doing it from trying to gain weight. 
Uh, reason being is, like I said, it's not going to make you feel as full. You're probably still going to get a good amount of nutrients, vitamins and minerals from using real foods. Um, and it's likely going to taste a whole lot better. Okay, so to finish this episode, I'm going to give you a random selection of some of the responses that I got from you guys in response to your um, experiences with these VLCD or mirror placement shakes. Now, this is totally, I guess, as randomized as I can do. I'm going to go every third um, response so that you do get a really good, like, I guess, sample of mixed responses and I'm not dictating what information you receive. Okay, so here we go. Do not feel like they feel your body felt so weak and drained on them. I got really sick from mine, probably because it has milk in it and I rarely have milky products. Help me get through my eating disorder. Not sustainable in the long term. I did isogenic shake. You weren't allowed to eat anything for two days except these. Disgusting and could never stick to it. Ended up just eating the food part of the program. It was a long time ago now and resulted in unsustainable results and binge eating. Sometimes as a quick breakfast option after a baby, I'd die from boredom if I ate three a day. Great quick fix, but don't teach you anything that you can maintain or anything about life. Awful waste of money messed with my head. Use them as a teen because mum thought it was how to lose weight and it wasn't sustainable. I was always hungry. Gross and hungry all the time. Had to use them on top of meals to try and gain weight, but didn't work. Nausea and diarrhea. All I got was acne, but no weight changes. Hate the taste. Love the idea of being full without effort when I've got kids. Dumbest thing I ever did. Not sustainable. Flavors aren't great, even with add-ins to try and make it more fulling. Did meal replacement diet at 15, lost heaps of weight, was miserable and starving, felt rubbish on them, hyper, and my mind was crazy. I was hungry all the time. I was bored. The worst. Keep a couple in my desk and great if I'm running late or didn't pack a lunch. And one last one to finish. Terrible for sensitive stomachs and fresh food is always better, which I think I would agree with that as well. But as I said, and as you know from this episode now, there is potentially a time and a place for them. And as I hope that you are learning through all of my podcasts, through everything that I'm sort of speaking on about online and yeah, through the podcast, I hope that you're learning that I guess finding something that truly works for you is the most important thing when it comes to your health and well-being. And if you think doing that is truly adding to your health and well-being and it's adding value to your life, then I have absolutely no problem with you doing that. Just please always consider longevity and the long-term effects of what you're doing, regardless of you know what um, what you're doing, whether it's shakes or whether it's other activities outside of health and fitness. Anyway, that was something a little bit different for this week's podcast. If you enjoyed this type of episode, I would love to hear from you on socials as always. So please tag me at Marika Day or you can tag Fueled at Fueled by Marika Day. Um, we are going to be kicking off the Fueled Instagram very, very soon. So that will be um, yeah, exciting content coming there in the next few days, if not weeks. Uh, and if you are on the Fueled by Marika Day email list, you'll be getting an update very, very soon. All the best and have an amazing week ahead and take care of yourself and take care of your health and well-being. And I will be back with you next week. <laughs>